This week's episode is sponsored by Isaac Mevorach as a schos for Shefa and Parnassa for the whole Am Yisrael. Lottery does work. That's what this guy is all about. We are crazy in here. I wanted to throw him down the stairs. If you truly love them and you want them to change, you have to give them the truth. And he got up and he uh, spoke against cutlerism. Aaron Cutler was sitting there. Beruchim Abayim, welcome everyone. We are about to begin, Be'ez Hashem, another episode of Torah Savigda Chat. Parshas Kisisa. This week's episode is sponsored by Isaac Mevorach as a schos for Shefa and Parnassa for the whole Am Yisrael. And you know, if you bless others, Avada Hashem is going to be mashpia, bracha v'atzlacha for you, Isaac Mevorach, and your entire family. Thank you so much. This year is also dedicated as a schos for Rifua for my dear friend, Rabbi Jeff Forsyth, the author of the popular book, Timely Torah. Rabbi Forsyth is a very close friend of mine who had a surgery this week. His name is Zev Yehuda ben Malka. I want to thank everybody who liked, followed, and commented on Torah anytime. And if you yeah, didn't... We have a winner on, on our... Uh... On our contest on for yes, best comment? Yes. The best comment this week on Torah Anytime was Moshe Fried. So he's the winner what of the, was the comment? It was it was about how great our schus was. So he made me feel good. Anybody that makes me feel good wins the contest. The flattery does work. Yes, yes, certainly. Rabbi Miller would agree. Um so this week, Pashkasis, we start with five seven eight zero four years ago. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, I hear sounds of excitement. Empty excitement. Not excitement. Empty excitement. What does empty excitement mean? Uh, so that's that's the, the, the lesson of the week. We're talking about excitement and empty excitement. What's the title? The title, the title is Excited Over Him. Right. And uh, we're talking about the severe error, Rabbi Victor says, about empty excitement, about people getting excited over silliness. And he says, I remember in Yeshiva Slabatka, Rosh Hashuna night by Barchi, when the, the Oilam went so crazy, the Baltfila started very quietly. And the Oilam went nuts! The crowd went crazy! That's what he says. He says that it was, it was, they raised their, the roof, they stamped their feet, they went wild over Hashem. It's oilless. He says if a stranger walked in to that scene on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, they would, they would say it's, it's a lunatic asylum. It's a bunch of sugars. And he says, but we go to the baseball field and the practicing and the playing and the, the screaming. Oh, that's fine. That's normal. And this is a common theme. That, that we ourselves are always guilty of. We always ex- accuse the other of being crazy. Things that we don't, that we find extreme, that's crazy. But the things that we find normal, obviously that's normal. Um, and, and that's why, you know, a guy walks into yeshiva and he says, what is this, a, a, a crazy house? And Ramila says, yes, we're crazy in here. We're crazy about Hashem. We had and- that beautiful AI-generated uh, picture that I sent you today. Um, f- from our website, today's Q and A was about shouting "Amen Yehesh Meirabo," but that's a that's a. I mean, you can only see it if you're watching a Torah anytime. If you're listening, you can't see it, but it's a 
it's amazing what they what they could do today with AI. You just put in a, a, a bunch of a bunch of Jews in a synagogue shouting, and that picture really captures the essence of what we're talking about now. No, uh, I would think so. Yeah, I saw the picture. It was a great picture. I personally, uh, my IA filter, not AI, the opposite of AI, um, which intelligence. is NI, natural intelligence, godly intelligence. Um, already created a filter. I think me, a lot of people, until until AI changes, where you can instantly recognize AI and you just gloss right over it. So, unless it's AI, um, when AI edits like regular pictures, that's that's different because the the token there is real. But you can really tell if you've seen some of the AI stuff. You can really tell very quickly, not only picture but also writing. You can recognize AI writing. There's certain uh, obvious patterns. It is a machine, so it follows certain patterns. Uh, it's going to take a while for it to become very organic and very real, which is what Rav Miller always talks about. Fake it till you make it. The point is that that there's, a, there's room, and this is classic Ram culture, that every single thing that we have in this world, every single instinct, every single part of our nature could be used two ways including excitement. And we have to be very, very careful what we get excited about. And um, I'd love to hear a lesson from Repinchas on this topic. So I, I just want to go into the booklet. The booklet um, oh, discusses, booklet. discusses the word hollow. So this is a classic, Ram. What does hollow oh, mean? Crazy. I got, I got yelled at by my roof because oh, of this. One, one year, some chastaita, the everybody was dancing in shul. So he... He does a whole production, Maruf. He 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 asks, he talks, he speaks during that office on Sochastaida. There's a whole uh, matzev, let's call it. We go wild, Sochastaida about Hashem. So he, everybody was standing around. Oh, it was a couple of hundred people, and he says, "Who knows what halal means?" <laughs> so so that was that was good. I got I got yelled at. So the word halal means. Rabbi Miller says, Hoylel, you go wild over Hashem. You go wild. That's the, from the word Hoylelus. So you could be Hoylel, wild over nothing, which is what we said. Or you could be Halel, to be so excited about Hashem that you go wild over it. And the part three of the booklet, or part two, the majority of the booklet is about the Pasuk, Ishlafi Ma'alalai, a man according to his praise. Rabbi Miller has a tape called A Man According to His Praise. And he explains that there's three perushim, three ways of understanding the Pasuk. One way is, Ishlafim Alala, a man, according to how he's praised. Everybody, if you want to know who, who somebody is, listen to what people say when they speak about him. So that's the classic Rabbi Miller joke. You ask information on a shidduch, on a bacha, or a girl. So you ask information, and you subtract 90%. But at least, if... If the mashgiach of the yeshiva is going wild over the bachar, so you know that he's something. At least he's uh, most days he happens with minion, you know. So that, that's that's number one. Number one, you listen to how he's praised. That's the first shot. The second shot in ishlafimalala means a man according to his praise. What makes you you look at somebody, see what gets him excited. That's what this guy is all about. So people come to kiddush. Some people are excited. By the company, it was nice people there. Some people are excited by the herring. It was good food. 
Some people are excited by the alcohol. Some people are excited at the how how beautiful it is to see from Jews coming together and wishing each other well and blessing each other. So you listen to somebody when he walks out of a kiddush, you hear what he praises. That's that's who that tells you a lot about who the person is. That's the second shot. The third shot that he says is that that according to what you praise, if you walk out of every kiddush praising the food, then that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna remain. You'll be a a food person. But if you start praising good things, you start praising a good cheer that the Rav gave. You start praising a, a, a good davening. You talk about spiritual things, and that's what you're going to become. That's it, eventually it changes you. So that's similar, the similar to how when you focus on on someone's uh, someone's um, like Rav Victor says, when you focus on someone's chitzonius. Um, sorry. You're talking about the chitzonius moiris of Nemius? No, no, I'm talking about picking a person to love the person, and you pick right. all, all of his all of his qualities, and, and you focus on them. Wow, such a good guy. He's always on time for minion, and you build it up until you actually love the person, until you actually feel. I have to learn. So you start out with one lesson. with focusing on that, and that's what becomes. In the other main. words, you start out loving the herring and not liking the rabbi's speech. I hope Rav Shol is not listening. But, but eventually, if you keep on saying, wow, the rabbi really, you know, he really speaks well, the pace to stay towards the end of the Kiddush when he speaks, and, 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 and until it actually becomes part of you, and you, you actually really start looking forward to that, and you really start enjoying that. Right. It is related to Chetzonius, Marius, that you start with the Chetzonius. Yeah. You talk about how you enjoy the rabbi's speech, even though you don't, and then that's what becomes the... Now on five seven eight one, we'll need a uh, we'll need a preview from the from the from the booklet. Yeah, but what's the what's the uh, title? The title is two forms of kindliness. So in Pasha's Kisisa, we have the thirteen midas of kindliness, um, the thirteen attributes of Hashem, 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 Kedrachom, Echanon, and actually I'm very excited because today I got this book, Sefer Taimidvayer from Rabbi Miller. It Ooh. just came out, and I didn't have a chance to actually start learning it yet, but I'm very Funny, excited. Because I looked in the mailbox, because the mailman came, didn't see anything. Didn't arrive. Okay, That's maybe good. best comment this week wins a time of the year. Okay. How about that? Maybe it'll be me. Okay. Um, yeah, go comment right now as soon as it gets uploaded. So, so the 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 Sefer Tamid is based on the the thirteen attributes of kindliness of Hashem. So, the first two midas. What are the first two midas? Hashem, Hashem. But I would think that those are the same, the same thing, right? Hashem and Hashem sounds sounds kind of similar. Same, so, same letters. Yeah, <laughs> same gematria too. So, so they, so. Chazal say it's Hashem koydem achet and Hashem achet. Hashem means the midas arachmim. It's Hashem's love and kindliness towards us. So there's a, a, a kindliness before the chet, before we sin, and there's a kindliness afterwards. So, so that's that's the parsha. And then Rabbi Miller goes into explaining how Hashem's world is a good world. It's a world of kindliness. And he goes into the, the rain cycle, right? You see the whole world, it's a food world. 
how the winds, the sun evaporates the ocean and the winds blow the clouds and the rains and the rain and this food produced and the food turns into uh, to, to children. So when it rains, you see watermelons and plums and children, boys and girls raining down from the sky. How good the world is, that's, the, that's, that's, that's number one. That's Hashem Koydemachet. But sometimes people don't take, don't, don't see that. People don't see the good in that. So there's Hashem La'achrachet. There's a different type of kindliness. And that's not giving you everything that you want. And that's uh, training you and giving you Yisurim sometimes. But it, it really is kindliness because it brings you close to Hashem. And there's also, um, there's also roundabout where, where there is some pain, but it ultimately brings you, uh, brings you something good. So, I mean, in this, in this scenario, Victor really, even even a Gashmius, he you know he wins at the end, right? Living a Torah lifestyle. So there's a young man working in an office. I knew him, he says, and he had no connection to Torah mitzvahs. And he's sitting in the office of Manhattan, and he's planning his night of fun in Manhattan, the theater, the the, the bar, the music, this that. And what happens? And he faints one day. Faints and taken into the hospital. He's diagnosed with tuber. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, tuberculosis. Right. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. I, I haven't. I, I've never had to pronounce it. Thank God. Right. We read it a lot, but we never pronounce if you, it. If you want to, if you want to uh, sound good, if you want to sound safe, you say TB. That's the that's the medical way of saying it. He was diagnosed with TB before they called the TB, and right. he never expected it. And now he's stuck there, and it takes months to recover. And he's lying on the porch of the hospital. It was a porch. For months and months, and he's thinking, you know, the old times they would wheel them out on a screen porch to get fresh air. In the sanatorium. And, yeah. And he's thinking, um, there's no movie theater, there's no bar, there's no music, and he has to think. And now he's thinking of, of how, why did Hashem do this to him and how he can improve. And he, he goes to Yeshiva, and he becomes a rabbi, and he becomes a, he, he has a congregation, he has a shul, and uh, he lived many, many years as a from Jew. So when you look back uh, at that day, when he looks back and he sees what happened to him, what he thought was the worst day ever, the worst month of his life, was a complete catalyst to change, changed his entire life. And that's that's what we see many, 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 many times. We see the kindness of Hashem, but it's not necessarily in an open way. And even in this case, where he sees sees the cause and, and, and the effect, um, but but there are other cases where you don't see that you don't see the ending. But ain davara, there's no such thing as bad from Hashem. Chaim goes into this, uh, right? Of Pinchas, um, by Marcus Bechayrus. Beautiful piece. How the, like Hashem did not kill anyone. The, the the spirituality just leaves. Like the any drop of of chias that they have just leaves when Hashem passed by. So they just cease to exist, but he didn't kill them. Wow. Are we ready for 5782? Year 5782 is speaking up. So Miller starts, 5782 speaking up. He says, I know G'daylam. G'daylam will speak up. Don't tell me that G'daylam don't speak up. I'm not a Godwell, but I can tell you, I saw a real G'daylam. They spoke up. Ravon Cutler gained a lot of enemies when he spoke up, which today we don't really think about Ravon Cutler speaking up. Satma Rebbe got a lot of enemies. He says there was a writer, a Shoyma Shabbos writer, who characterized the Rebbe, the Satma Rebbe, 
in a story of the rabbi and the Satan, a whole story about how the rab, the, the Satmar Rebbe, Satmaruf, made a, a bris with the Sutan. He made a deal with the devil in order to uh, attack uh, Jews. And he says, even Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, who was a very sweet man, everyone else would be a sweet man, he spoke up um, big time against uh, a certain university, Barilan University, called the Rabbi. reminds you of a funny, funny story. Um, Rabbi David Orlovsky from the Rabbi Orlovsky show. I just start laughing when I talk about it. It's just so funny. Um, you have any some good comedy? You, sh- you should watch it. It's also available at Torah anytime. Um, so Rabbi Olavsky says that he just said in a recent year that uh, the Rav Kamenetsky biography, they Art Scroll published it, I think, and there was a story there where Rabbi Yankov said about somebody. I wanted to throw him down the stairs. And and Artsko said, oh, we can't print that. They said, oh, they wanted to show him the door. So Rabbi Olavsky says, no, when Yankov Kamenetsky, you know, his safe is called Emes Lyakov. He spoke Emes. When he said, I wanted to throw him down the stairs, he wanted to throw him down the stairs. What did he say? He wanted to show him the door. He wanted to throw him down the stairs. So that's the... He didn't do it, but he wanted to. You have Rabbi Yankov Kamenetsky's uh, speaking up. So Ryakov spoke up against against Bar Ilan University, called it a, a terrible, rotten place. And uh, it should be closed down and we'd be much better off. And uh, there were people who had, um, there was a lot of people there who were big supporters of Bar, Bar Ilan, he says. But he wasn't afraid. He said what he had to say. Ravigdor himself, we know, when he had that, that whole board meeting, he spoke up and uh, he knew what to speak. And he says that I myself, I should speak up more about television. Everyone knows how bad exactly. it is. You just mentioned that we know Rabbi Miller. What are you referring to exactly? The story with the, we're the going, meeting. We're going for historical authenticity here. Well, there was, you know, you know, I, I, I my, my, my brain has a, a very interesting way of storing data. Um, I can probably use the, the Elon Musk implant for better uh, memorization, but there was a story with uh, with a certain board meeting where Rev Miller stood up and, and made his voice and his opinion quite clear on uh, a specific topic, which I cannot recall. Maybe it was uh, related to dancing. No, so, uh, the, reason, the reason I stopped you was because I, myself, heard so many different versions of this story that uh, people, oh, Rabbi Miller slapped someone across the face. It was a reform rabbi and Rabbi Miller. Uh, so I, I asked Rabbi Hamburger, we mentioned last week in the, in the podcast, he's Rabbi Miller's biographer, I asked him once, what, what was the story? So he gave me the full story with all the names, um, but I won't repeat it here because it's not, uh, I, don't, I don't know these names. But um, there, there was a, a, young, a meeting for young Israel rabbis, and there was a certain rabbi who got up there, he had a a very nice position. He was a president of a certain organization and he got up and he uh, spoke against cutlerism. Aaron Cutler was sitting there oh. and he spoke against cutlerism, which means the, the idea of having a coil of, of sitting and learning after, after your marriage. And Rabbi Miller got up and just took the mic away from him. He, he grabbed the mic away from him while he was, was a bunch of people sitting, this, this distinguished rabbi speaking and he walked up to him, and he slapped the mic out of his hand. You can't, you can't be mechutzif against a Baron Kotler like that in public. Incredible. Uh, but he says, uh, he's, he, 
I think we discussed what the TV. Yes, he says that uh, we we know how bad it is. We know that a lot of our people uh, have a TV at home. They may even put on a black hat and have a beard, but at home there's tumma in their home, and we have to speak up. I myself need to speak up more about this. If rabbis had any guts, they would speak up, say the truth, say what it is. This is one of my, one of my personal favorite uh, Teresa Vigda booklets of all time because uh, it's it there's there's a lot more there. He he. He he speaks about himself a lot. He says um, that we have to speak up more, and we should not just in within our community, but within the general community, with the direction that America is taking. We should write letters about restoring capital punishment. He says, "I personally spend a, he, I personally spend a lot on letters, both time and money on, right. on stamps and and." mailing them out and organizing that more people should write letters. And um, anybody who grew up in Rabbi Miller's shul will tell you that at all times there was different uh, on the Bima. There was always petitions there to sign, a petition for this, a petition for that, to this congressman, to that senator. He was always, he always, was always involved in different projects of speaking up and, and being a voice for morality. And he held very strongly about this. And in that book, he talks about the responsibility of influencers, what we call today influencers, but anybody who has any type of influence, and he argued that everybody has some type of influence, you have to use that influence for the right, for the right purposes and you have to make sure to, to, to use it. And I think that brings us to 5783, which is reproof the way of life. Musr. You have to be able to speak up. He says that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he came down, he saw the eagle. He didn't have to break the lichas. He didn't have to break the luchos. He could have come down and said, Moshe, ah, it's not correct to do this. It's not what we do. We believe in Hashem. And this is not our way. Don't be angry. Today's therapist, he says, would tell you that's the wrong way to express anger. You have to be calm. You have to be patient. Have to approach people with love and acceptance, but he says that that's not that's not that that's the lesson over here. Moshe Rabbeinu, um, when it came to criticizing, when it came to teaching um, these very very important principles, it wasn't going to work with just being nice, but being a nice guy. And he gave it to him with force. He hit him over the head with bitter words. And it's an important principle when you love somebody. You're not going to praise him and 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 just uh, you know give him compliments. You have to tell him the truth. If you truly love them, and you want them to change. You have to give them the truth. So it's the it's the best thing that ever happened to our people, because if he was polite and nice, we would not have learned our lesson. We would not have done tshuva. He actually says very interesting. He says um, it's funny because I I I did this on my status this morning, and people argued with me. I was talking about all the healing that's going on today. People are going to healers and to breath work, and everyone has to overcome their traumas, and and we all have to be perfect, perfect people, and and uh, deal with our stuff. The best way to deal with stuff is to fight full force and to work on yourself without end. And uh, he says that all this inspiration stuff, you know, it wouldn't work if he said, "My children, you could do better." You're letting Hashem down. They would have cried. They would have cried and cried. And the next morning, they would have woken up, and nothing, nothing ever happened. It was a nice, inspirational Tishaba film, but that's it. That's where it stays. And 
And Bavigda continues to say that the generation of the Midbar were the, the best generation ever. Why? Because there was a lot of sinning and a lot of fighting and a lot of harsh criticism. It says, Abu For 40 years I fought, I quarreled, quarreled. Is that how you pronounce it? Quar- quarreled. 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 I, qu- I fought with this generation for 40 years, Moshe Bani says. They did not know my ways. And his, his, his rabbi, who was, who was his rabbi in Slabatka? Rabbi Isaac Sher. Rabbi Isaac Sher says, They didn't know. They did know. But how did they know? Because they didn't know. Because they didn't know my way. And I had to teach them. Now they knew. They found out my ways. And this daughter, the daughter, the daughter that, uh, the daughter of Eigel, and uh, the daughter of uh, Nu, Nu, right? But what, what other what other big things happened over there? There's a lot of fights. They they fought with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said at one point, "Kill me, kill me. I don't want to deal with these people. They're horrible people." Right? Revik the comments on that though. Yeah, you have to you have to have the Ram uh, view on on the generate on the wilderness generation. What? Because uh, Rabbi Miller yeah. explains it completely differently from uh, like like we're learning now. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. did they know? Yeah, they did know. Because what happened? Frask. You know. I think one of the I, I read from uh, some some uh, at one point uh, one of the magazines mentioned the interview with a singer. I think he's from a Yemenite background, if I remember correctly. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe Moroccan. But he says that he 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 knows Tanakh. How does he know Tanakh? Because he got beatings. He you had to know it. He says he's thankful for those beatings now, because he knows it. <laughs> so he didn't know, but now he knows. Um, and that's that's shot over here. That sometimes when they, you they, a, got, they got Jeremiah's. That's the vocabulary word for this week. Jeremiah's? Jeremiah says, "You ever heard? Of, you ever heard of a Jeremiah?" No. J J E R E M I A D. Well, it's yes, a... refers to the the the, the re- reproach of that uh, that the prophet Jeremiah would give to the to Klai Yisrael. Is that is that it? Yeah, it's a, he says that in in English when whenever there's a long full of musr a, a long rebuke uh, full of musr it's it's ref, it's referred to as a Jeremiah. So it it, it comes from Yemiah Navi. So this well, it really the, comes the, from an aflatus. Comes from a flatus. It's an aflatus. There was an there was an aflatus yeah. of of it was an essence uh, of inflation. Uh, right, the prophet Jeremiah. Right. No, but what he what he's what he's what he's talking about in the booklet is that the system of Moshe Rabbeinu of severe reproof of of giving Musar all the time. This was the system followed by the Nevi'im, and it's a very interesting booklet that he he sort of goes through Nevuah and he says. That's what it was. That's what false prophecy was. What was f- false prophets? It was just fakers. There's not the false prophets. They were nice. They were they were big tzaddikim who were nice. They were nice to people, and they gave them encouragement and they gave them chizik and they they did it in a nevuah sort of way. So people thought that they were giving a nevuah from Hashem and telling them that they're good and they're and 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 that was the that was the problem with with uh, with a navi sheker. I mean, there's also ways of of. Of being shaker without without meaning the prophecy could be authentic, but you're giving it over and a shaker dig away. Um, you you can say 
the case in point to the eagle. I mean, what, 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 how, how do you respond to that? How do you respond? How do you teach? Um, and I think Moshe was hard on the, the uh, on the daughter, but he was hard on himself too. That was part of the Ish Moshe Unamayit, because he was hard on himself. He didn't consider himself uh, that accomplished. He he was a constant constant work um, of improvement. And I think when you hard on yourself, you can be hard on others. If you're just going to be hard on others and not be a Rebbe Victor, was a case in point. He was harder on himself probably than anyone else that uh, you know around him, obviously. So right. Right, he didn't recognize who he was. He recognized who he was, what he accomplished, but he knew how much still he, he needs to accomplish. And he was very hard on himself. He wasn't a milk toast. Oh, that, that's our other vocabulary word. Good. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. And that'll, that'll do it for today's uh, podcast. Yeah, so, so thank you so much. What? I can't believe we haven't missed a week yet. Baruch Hashem. We should continue. Yeah. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening and for watching. And if you want to uh, follow us on Torah anytime, like the video, comment for your chance to win a safer time of Devoira from yeah. Rabbi Miller. We'll see who winner of the week is. And let's see if, if last week's winner actually you know listens this week and claims his prize. If he wins it, and if he wins again, maybe he'll, make, maybe he'll flatter me again. Who knows? Um, any event, like, comment, uh, spread it, share it. Give us more attention, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in other words, so <laughs> thank you so much, and we'll see you again next week, Amir Tisham.